Hey everybody and welcome back to another review by Chris Chipman, aka The Chippa, that's me. This is another movie review for Salem Horror Fest 2020. This is another film, it's dual premiering, I'm there at another festival this year. It's a film called Danny and the Vampire. I'm very excited to talk about this one. Um, it's produced by Ugly Cupcake Entertainment it was written, directed, and edited by Max Workmeister. It stars Alexandra Landau, Henry Kiley, Karen Clancy, Scott Vermeer, Lou Hobson, Megan Therese Rippey, Autumn Harrison, Derek Ocampo, Maria Olson, and Lauren Reeder. Um, it also has some beautiful production design, excellent um, cinematography. They do some really cool stuff with lighting um, in this one. I'll talk about that as we go through. Um, from their website and from their, you know, liner for the film. Danny and the Vampire is a Western-influenced supernatural indie romantic dark comedy about a mad-capped, mad-capped drifter named Danny who tries to reignite a special feeling from her past by helping a vampire named Remy achieve his dreams. Their destructive journey of self-discovery makes its world premiere this October, right now, in the graveyard shift of the 51st Nashville Film Festival, alongside its premiere at Salem Horror Fest 2020. And I'm psyched to uh, tell you what I thought about this movie again. Um, I find it hard to talk about movies without talking about the entire thing. Um, there's no big surprises to give away in this one like some of the films. It's, it's pretty straightforward, um, but again... There's a couple things, but I would just like to say spoiler alert before I uh, start going on. But um, so if you don't want to be spoiled, I'll kind of give you a bit of how the movie feels um, and give you a quick synopsis of what I thought of it. So you can go check it out and then come back to the review to hear me talk about more. So picture like an episode of the show New Girl. <laughs> I don't know if you guys uh, um, have seen that show, but that kind of, you know, like hipster, really witty, um, quirky, kind of uh, odd comedy Characters that are silly and strange and offbeat, um, just for the sake of being that way. Um, picture that, but if there were vampires, supernatural stuff, and horror. Um, it has the horror comedy mix of genre favorites like Ash vs. Evil Dead. And it's also got the style and witty dialogue of like an Edgar Wright film. So you could also say maybe picture something not quite as, you know, this isn't like video game level stylized, but that kind of like universe of like a Scott Pilgrim versus the world or something like that. Um, but also with vampires and some pretty horrific stuff. Um, I had an absolute blast with this. It It's not taking itself seriously. It's there um, to be jokey. It's there to play with, you know, vampire tropes. It's there to um, be really over the top and loose with how the, the story is, you know, given um, to have very caricature-esque characters, particularly with the two groups of folks that um, uh, Danny encounters um, when she ends up in this town and encounters Remy for the first time. But um, if you're looking for something that scratches that horror comedy itch, if you're looking for something that spills um, hilariously goofy amounts of blood when it does spill blood and um, hilariously goofy and uh, like neon, <laughs> and I'll get into why they did that uh, in a minute, um, or, or you know where that happens in the film, um, you, you can't go wrong with Danny and the Vampire. And like everything else I've been talking about in the Horror Fest this year, it just... It looks fantastic. I know a lot of that comes with the fact that, you know, we all have basic entire film studios in our pocket with our cell phones. 
Um, but again, it takes someone still that knows how to make a film to make a good film. And these films look really nice, but this one, like the other ones that I've uh, talked about already, is just produced really well. It's edited really well. It's directed, written really well, and put together like a lot of fun now. You know, this movie isn't going, you know, for high drama. It's not going for, you know, stuff that's really subtle and nuanced. It's not a slow burn. It's right in your face with what it's doing. Um... But I think uh, if, if you need that, it's super upbeat, super fun, um, definitely worth checking out. So with that, I'll get into more details, so I'll say spoiler alert again. So um, definitely a lot of cool influences. Another one that I, I didn't talk about at the beginning is it, kind of like Zombieland is another movie that I could see being a big influence on um, what you're going to get when you walk into this one. It's, you know, character banter. It's people having a lot of fun. But what's going on? So our character, Danny, movie opens with her in her car in the back seat, and she's got, like, a makeshift, um, you know, uh, like, work center, like, going on, like, um, command center. She's going to map out, and she's crossing off um, all these different places in the United States, and you're not really sure what she's crossing off, but it's led her to California. And that's where we were in this film. Now, she gets there, and she goes to a bar um, and encounters, you know, uh, a guy just sitting at the bar. We cut to them having the ending of a very, very hilariously over-the-top sex scene um, involving, uh, uh, as they put it, areola torture and um, all kinds of other fun, wacky stuff. The guy is in a weird costume. He goes, oh, not every girl I meet carries this stuff with them, which I find really interesting. And Danny is just completely, yeah, you know, but it didn't do nothing for me. Like, she's still looking for something. Um, she leaves the bedroom, goes rummaging around the guy's apartment, and finds that there's a bunch of information about the Jersey Devil. It's a girl in Jersey Devil case, girl who finds and kills the Jersey Devil. You realize this is her. And it's been kind of like him luring her in. And he lets her know that he's part of a group of people that um, are basically going around and getting rid of the the new bully. So they said they're used to, you know, there's bullies or monsters and that the people who are bullied and then there's like the anti-bullies, the people that come in and stop them. And they've captured themselves a vampire and they think that she's the right one to go into this captured vampire facility and off the thing because they just disgusted by its existence and they want that to happen. She turns him down um, says this is, you know, disgusting, I don't want to do it, um, leaves. As she's being chased away in her car, she gets chased down by our next set of quirky characters, um, led by a girl who refers, you know, to herself as part of this group of basically social justice warrior activists for monsters. And uh, they come on and they basically want to, you know, um, liberate Remy. Um, this vampire that's been caught. Um, we find after she arrives back with Remy that, you know, they're just there for the, you know, social justice part of it, which I thought, thought was a fun little dig. And, you know, before, you know, when she comes back with Remy and, you know, real shit has happened, she's broken them out, people have died, they kind of just have a, yeah, well, we're kind of on to the next thing. Do you want some pizza? And I, I find that, you know, little takedown of the... Uh, you know, yeah, we're really behind something, but not understanding the real ramifications of it was kind of a fun thing. Also, with the guys in the other group that are anti the monsters have a very, you know, like proud boy, you know, like rough and tumble, um, you know, uh, militia type thing going on. So it's fun that they played those two dynamics against each other and I really enjoyed it. So 
another thing before getting into it is, you know, Danny is a really strong female character. Um, what I like about her is she's a really strong female character, but also kind of has some things about her that like Ash, a character like that from Ash vs. Evil Dead, where he's your hero, but he doesn't necessarily always make the best decisions, but the movie doesn't, you know, um, pass judgment on his decisions. They just kind of run with it. The same can be said here with Danny. And this is a character that would normally be played by a dude. And you'd be sitting there going, yeah, you know, the dude, you know, you know, fucks random people and makes dumb decisions and is kind of in it for his own enjoyment and looking for something for him. And to have that be a woman character and have her have the same flaws, but also the same things that are great. And you still be able to stand behind and go, you know, this character is awesome. I think was a really important thing, especially in a movie that's so loose and fun to have a, a character like that. I, I really enjoyed. Um, so back to the Remy breakout scene. Now this movie is mostly laying on the funny. Um, and so I'll remind you of that it is, is a very funny movie, but also when it needs to be horrific, it's horrific. And when we meet Remy, you know, remember she had said, you know, that she had supposedly killed this Jersey devil, um, because it was going on a murder rampage at her college. Now, what this social justice group knows about her is she actually did not kill it. She set it free because she felt compassion for it after seeing it in a cage. So you're like, well, we've got this caged guy. You're looking for feeling that same feeling of greatness and justice that you had. And so you help us, we'll help you. So they have her break into the facility. Now, she breaks in. She's playing both sides because she's letting the guys know that she's going to go in there and kill Remy. And uh, instead, you know, she goes there to liberate him. Plan goes wrong and Remy has to fight his way out. Apparently their security system flips, flips on a black light. Why it would do this, you know, your bet's as good as mine. But I'm all for style over substance in a scene like this because this scene, Remy breaks his way out and offs a whole bunch of these guys in beautiful neon black light reactive blood spurts and it is amazing tarantino would love this shit um the knb guys you know would love this shit it is just fountains spraying everywhere and it's glorious it's one of the most unique scenes of horror i've ever seen and you know, outside of it having the blacklight reactiveness of it, it's not played for humor. Remy is ravenous here, you know, and he's enjoying it. He's got this smirk. He's playful with the prey that he's chasing around. The sideways, hands on the door, popping the head through thing is just really creepy and really wonderful. And I, I love this character. And I love that this is our first introduction to him because you find out after that he's actually really compassionate and calm and is actually looking for you know, a world where he can, you know, find a, a, a supply of AB blood because vampires need less of that and then they don't have to go around biting people and he's really against changing people and has never really done it himself and he had a vampire mentor but, you know, she kind of looked at him as being kind of trouble so hadn't really seen him and it's it's just a lot of fun how much you get to know about um this character. So back to Remy and Danny, she gets him out. They go meet the social justice warrior people, and, um, you know, obviously they're not what she thought they would be, um, so then her and Remy go off, you know, and she gets, okay, you know, we need to get out of here, those guys are looking for us now, and so her and Remy 
you know, go off and she's, you know, unfulfilled. It didn't work out. She's like, I need my fulfillment. I need whatever is going to come of this. She, she sticks around with Remy, hoping that, um, uh, you know, she'll be able to figure out some other way to help him. At the same time, the last leftover guy that survived the big, you know, um, fight, the blacklight neon fight, um, with Remy initially, uh, they're, um, they're chasing as well. He's the one guy left. He teams up with the social justice warrior girl who now feels like she's been duped. And now there's a vampire running around, um, and she sees what they end up doing, which I'll get into in a minute and decides to use, you know, her powers that she has, um, kind of flipped the other way. So it's it's a really interesting change in dynamic. I enjoyed that about the character. But then we get, you know, Remy gives, you know, these whole bunch of different things he'd want to do. And they finally decide that the one they're going to do is make a vampire refuge in a place where people used to be. He's already spotted the place. It's a church. It only has about four members. And this is where you get to the, you know, um, Danny does things that are... Um, you know, that work out well for her and Remy, but they aren't necessarily the most ethical or moral good ideas in the world, and creates themselves another enemy that the villains can use against them, too. Um, so they go to this church, they basically um, get the priest and this girl that works for him to have a party, get him really drunk, try to get him to sleep with that girl and get it on camera, you know, disparage him as a priest. It doesn't work. They end up liberating her and she wants to go off and follow her dreams. So Danny does the deed, gets it on camera. They ruin this guy's life and then they're able to buy the church. So, of course, he gets scooped up by these people that are looking for them um, as part of, you know, the, the antagonists for the film against them. So they're building this place. We meet Zelda. Zelda was Remy's um, friend who was like his vampire mentor turns out that she's just not down for what he's trying to do because it's going to put too much visibility on vampires. And um, in leaving, there's a mistake with the cross that um, Danny was uh, trying to get um, disconnected earlier. It falls. It kills Zelda. We realize that when vampires die, they cough up a bunch of blood. She takes care of bringing Zelda's body out into the sun and burning it. And, um, Danny gets, uh, sorry, the Remy gets very depressed there. They end up, um, sleeping together and it breeds like this subplot of the second half of the movie where they have this kind of little like romance going on and it's actually adorable and fun and really well written and you get it and you buy it and the chemistry between them is awesome. Um, and aside Earlier when we're in Remy's tent that he's been living in, because, you know, they're drifters, basically, the vampires, because they don't want to get caught. Um, he talks about, you know, his victims, and he always, you know, feels bad, but he tries to do it to bad people um, that he eats for food. He said, but the ones that were good that he just kind of had, or the ones that were bad, real bad, um, he doesn't like the trophies you know, to be, you know, um, just the blood that he got or something like that. So he converts them into puppets and it's like, I make puppets. And he brings up these little marionettes made out of fingers and legs and asks the audience to kind of go, well, that's kind of horrifying. And Danny seems like way into it. Like this is completely normal. And it's just, they have so much friggin' fun, um, together. Um, so then we go to that plot. They show a lot of them getting together, making the place right. And then there's a standoff. Um, and in the standoff, the social justice warrior girl, um, 
kills Remy in some cool foreshadowing. He says, you know, well, crosses that are really pointy can kill a vampire. I don't necessarily know if it's the cross that does it or just that it's a pointy frickin' object. And I thought that was pretty cool. But she, she kills him with a pointy cross. And um, Remy dies. And we find out in the parking lot as, uh, you know, our villains are walking away that Danny has been harboring the Jersey Devil this entire time. The Jersey Devil horrifyingly skins the two of them and runs off into who knows where. This is where, you know, and I've gone and watched this a couple more times and I can't wait to talk to the the writer-director a bit more about what's going on, but this is where it gets into what's going on with Danny. Um, is there more to it? Has she kind of been, is this what she gets herself caught up in is finding monsters or finding weird things and all those exes were her going around and, you know, causing some sort of closure or something to happen because, oh, sorry. And as Remy dies, he tells her he loves her. So she, you know, gives him a, a send off by bringing him out, burning him in the, uh, in the sun and dumping AB blood on him. So he finally gets that, you know, taste of AB blood that, that he wanted. It's a cool little like metaphor and symbolism there um, for, you know, giving him something. It's like a bond that the two of them have. Then the timer goes off and an explosion goes off in the background. I don't know if that's an alluding to that. This was all part of her plan. If she was blowing up the church or what could just be something I'm missing, but it, it is fun that, you know, there's more going on with Danny. Like there's more of a story here. Uh, that's you know Danny and the Vampire it's a lot of fun the horror bits are really horrific but it's always played for humor and fun for the most part Um, it's again there's a lot of racy stuff in it but it's all again very light very innocent very silly Um, loved the hell out of it Um, I was in a rough place when I watched it so um, it definitely helped me out it was was a feel good kind of like oh this is silly and I like it and I just think they did a great job um, and Madcap is a perfect way to describe it. So thank you guys for um, bringing Danny and the Vampire to the Salem Horror Fest. And uh, can't wait to talk to you about the movie. And this has been Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. You can find me at patreon.com slash the Chippa. And keep enjoying Salem Horror Fest 2020. And I'll talk to you all soon. All right, bye.